Good evening, this is Wednesday the 27th of May, um, this is the third episode of um, our little midweek 1-11 to 11, uh, podcast. This week um, we were both tasked with the challenge of creating an England 1-11, to 11, an all-time England 1-11. to 11. Um, We're going to get straight into it, uh, I think this should be a relatively quick one, I think we'll probably have quite a lot of uh, common choices Jack. Um, yeah. To begin with, uh, what formation have you gone for? Uh, so I've gone for a four-four-two, really just so I could fit in the players I wanted. To be honest, no other reason. Yeah, uh, well, there's there's the first similarity between our our two teams. Um, I've gone for the same, and actually, this is one thing we didn't specify when we decided we were going to do this. Did you do it based on, um, form for England, or did you do it based on what they were as players in general, both for club and country? Uh, I did it on um, at the player in general, not not their form for England at all. Actually, I I barely considered it to be honest. Right. Okay. Okay. Which well, is bad. It was just that I thought that the best the best players that could have played for England at the same time and just did that. There's actually one who's form for England. Okay. Well, that could be interesting because I've I've done the opposite. Uh, but that that's good because at least we means we'll have we'll have a few difference uh, few differences between our teams. Um, to yeah. begin with, who have you gone for in goal? I went for David Seaman. Okay. Uh, 75 England caps, played in two World Cups and two Euros. Yeah. Obviously, there was some upset there. And, you know, it's difficult to say he's in the team because he, he made some mistakes. But uh, there's a bit of a personal preference here. I, I quite like him as a person. He seems all right. I watched him recently on Harry's Heroes. And yeah. he just seems a, 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 just a genuinely nice character. Uh, yeah, and a, and, and a very good keeper as well. Yeah, and also, you know, three uh, won the league three times with Arsenal, FA Cup several times, so he's clearly a great player as well. Yeah. Um, based on uh, England form, um, I've gone for uh, Gordon Banks, which, to be fair, based on England form, I don't think you can argue um, otherwise. Um one of the best goalkeepers ever to to play the game in general, not just for England. Um, and when when he played in the World Cup in nineteen sixty six, he had four clean sheets um, in the World Cup, three in the group stages, and I think one in the quarterfinals against Argentina. Um, seventy three caps for England and thirty five clean sheets for England. So nearly um, nearly half of his games, uh, he had a, he had a clean sheet in for England. Um, nice outrageous yeah it is isn't it I mean that that, uh, and again you know it was for me it was a three horse race um for which I was going to pick for goalkeeper there was Banks Seaman and obviously Peter Shilton um Uh, and if we're being honest here I mean I know Seaman's in my team but the other two are probably more common choices yeah certainly certainly in an England team but if you are talking um Doing what you're doing, it it, it certainly Seaman is the is the much more likely choice. Um, who have you gone for at right back then? Uh, so once again, it was um, club career really, and I went for Gary Neville. Yeah. Uh, played for United, one club man for nineteen years. Yeah. He's uh, one of the most decorated English footballers of all time. Won really almost everything there is to win, excluding like the Ballon d'Or and World Cup. Yeah. Um, when you consider the fact he only played in the Premier League. Um, and he had 85 England caps over a 12-year period, which really highlights his longevity um, and and dependency. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I've 
based on based on an England career, um, I've actually gone for Gary Neville as well, um, simply because I, I thought he was the best choice right back. Um, as you said, 85 caps, which is the second highest um, number of England caps that a, an English fullback has, has ever um, achieved, um, but is the most capped right back. Um, obviously, he played in 96. He was actually the youngest um, first choice player in, in Euro 96. Um, and he played in every game until the semi-finals. He capped in England at one point. And yeah, this this is um, certainly in, in Neville's autobiography since he retired from England. He talked about the fact that um, playing for England was never important to him. It was all about the success with United. So it was quite clear, based on the comments that he made, that his head wasn't always in the game at England. Um, and I would still consider him to be the best right-back that, that's ever played in an England shirt, even when he wasn't really concentrating as much as he was at United. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, who have you gone for? I think I know certainly one of your centre-back choices. I'd be surprised if you didn't go for the other one as well. But who are your two uh, centre-back choices? The first one is obviously um, Bobby Moore. I don't think I need to explain much. I'll, I'll I will just leave it there in fact because if you if you don't know why he's in the team, then stop listening. Now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then the other player I've gone for is Rio Ferdinand. Uh, okay. Okay. Uh, again, when you're going off off club performances, and he's uh, a player who served United through that period of absolute dominance. Yeah. He featured in the PFA team of the year four times in five years. Yeah. Uh, 81 England caps, which I think is the third amount of England caps for someone on the back line. Um, so really, really quite an incredible player throughout his career and someone that United relied on so heavily. I know uh, Vidic gets a lot of credit, but if you really look at it, Ferdinand was the mastermind of that back line for yeah. United. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, you know, Ferdinand did have, although not the um not the most not the best career in an England shirt when you're talking centre backs, he certainly still had a very good career in an England shirt. Yeah. Um, well because he's such a good player, that's Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um the the common choice that we both gone for there is Bobby Moore. Um like you can't say much more. He was the fastest player um in an England shirt to reach hundred caps. Um and he was obviously skipper in the uh in that nineteen sixty six win. Um the other centre back, to be fair, um I was gonna go for Rio Ferdinand myself, um, but I had to go for the player that I did, which was John Terry. Um yeah. proper leader, uh played in two World Cups in two thousand six, two thousand and ten. Um, and also, this was probably the only. Or there were there were two choices actually that I made in the team that did um, their club careers did sort of factor in a little bit. And John Terry, I'd be lying if I said that John Terry's club career at Chelsea um, didn't influence my choice. Uh, fantastic player for both club and country, wasn't he? Yeah, absolutely. He was a difficult one not to put in, and uh, to be honest, it it was very close. I just thought I'd mix it up a bit. I thought you were going to put uh, Terry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Glad to know I'm so predictable. Um, <laughs> who have you gone for at left back? I think we might have the same it, choice here. It, talking of predictable, uh, I've gone for Ashley Cole. Oh, really? Uh, wow. Okay. Really? Yeah, no, I didn't think you'd go for that. Go on. Okay, you thought I'd go for Stuart Pitts, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I've gone for Ashley Cole. Um, he's widely regarded as actually one of the um, best left backs ever to play in the Premier League. 
uh, it's been quoted by Ronaldo as being his toughest ever opponent. Yeah. Part of that, when we're talking about club form, he was part of that invincible squad with Arsenal, then moved to Chelsea, and um, he did so well at Chelsea, winning the Champions League, won the FA Cup more times than any other player in history. Um, it's, it's quite impressive, really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. And he, yeah, he was always. Uh... Um, an influential player on the pitch never really knew when he was going to end his career really did you when he when he was actually going to stop playing because he never really showed um, signs of no changing signs his of game no, no definitely no. not um, so but, you've gone for Stuart Pearce. I have yeah. Um, yeah known as Psycho among fans and players <laughs> uh, committed player obviously 78 caps um, he had that iconic penalty um, against Spain in, in Euro 96 Um I've also put here that I did think about Ashley Cole, but we talked about Stuart Pearce before a few weeks ago, saying you know that he was a player that left it all out on the pitch and, and wore his heart on his sleeve, um, yeah. and yeah, he was he's certainly one of those players that sort of um, typifies what it means to to play for your country. Um, so it was quite quite difficult not to leave him out really not necessarily in terms of stats you know I don't know the exact comparison between Stuart Pearce and Ashley Cole Ashley Cole probably does slightly trump Stuart Pearce but um, purely for the passion element and, and what it meant to him to play for his, his country he had to go in for me yeah and uh, I mean you know that and anyone that listened to the podcast before will know that I'm a Stuart Pearce fan so it's difficult to leave him out but I thought basing it off, off what I am, yeah. and we're basing it off different things, which, as you said at the start, makes it interesting. Yeah. Uh, I, thought I, I thought I'd put Ashley Cole in, and there's no denying that he is one of the best left-backs to play in the Premier League, and especially when you talk about that longevity argument, and you just never seemed to know when he was going to stop. He broke into the England squad. Um, he was fast-tracked to um, the 2002 World Cup senior team yeah. after doing so well. Um, in the under-20 teams, when Goran Eriksson saw something in him and uh, took him straight to the World Cup. So, you know, and then he, he didn't show any signs of stopping ever, really. No, definitely not. Um, who have you gone for as your uh, centre-mid uh, partnership, then? Yeah, uh, I've gone... I've actually got no notes on these because right. I don't think I need too much explanation. Uh, I've gone for Gerard. Okay. Obviously, talked about him so many times before. Um, it, it for for me here, it was either Gerard or Lampard. Yeah. Couldn't couldn't have both because there's another player who I think is too obvious to leave out. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, Gerard, amazing player. Unfortunately, never to win the Premier League, but a real talisman, whichever club he plays at, uh, and also just absolutely fantastic. Yeah, definitely. And who is your other centre midfielder? All goals. Okay. Okay. That uh, yet another United player. Yeah. <laughs> um, which which is painful, but um, it, whenever you watch him, you know, um, I I haven't really I never really got the chance that much to watch him um, live, but looking back at everything he's done and uh, everything he's won throughout his career is is really quite amazing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, we completely uh, have gone for different players on this one, um, but this is possibly where you know the the um, the England form argument comes in. I did want to put um, either one of Gerard or Lampard in, but I ended up putting neither of them in. Um, wow. Simply because I just went, I just went for England careers, and 
there was one centre midfielder that had to go in there. Um, I mean, he did he did kind of play a t- centre attack in midfield, so you're gonna have to uh, forgive me on that one. But um, I went for Bobby Charlton, um, second highest goal scorer with forty nine goals in in twelve seasons playing playing for England. Um, that was in one hundred and six appearances. Um, you know, for for a, for a midfielder, or certainly for a player that isn't a striker, um, to be so high up the the goal scoring tally, um, and also he 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 was a, always a, a massively influential player in that England side, so he had to go in. Um, and then the other centre midfielder, um, is the player that is, uh, considered by many to be the best player that's ever worn an England shirt that wasn't in that um ninety in that um sixty six uh World Cup win. Uh which is obviously Paul Gascoigne. Um he obviously was a star of Italian ninety, such a classy player, I mean the way he played and some of some of the goals he scored. Um I mean there is obviously that one memorable goal that he scored. Um and the Scotland goal. Yeah, yeah, and obviously, you know, there's been, there was, there's been trouble with, um, you know, what he's what he's done after since since his career, but, uh, and that probably has tarnished people's opinion of Gascoigne a little bit, but in terms of a player and what he what he did for England, again, you know, going off going off England form, um, Gascoigne had to go in for me. Yeah, I, I'm watching his documentary. Is, uh, you know, you can understand actually why he's why he is the way he is now after his career. Yeah. Um, but actually when you when you listen to those that play around him they'll say he was the absolute life and soul. Um, he he was so, so good and it's clear to see that he was amazing and as you say, probably the best England player to ever to wear the shirt that wasn't in that sixty six squad because um, he was just pure raw talent, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, who have you gone for as wingers then? Well, I was playing them as like left mid, right mid, mm-hmm. so they're they're not really uh, wingers. Okay. Um, and I know I've done, I, you know, it's a bit criminal, but I've got Paul Gascoigne on the left. Right. Okay. Um, I know he wasn't, but I just just thought I want to get midfielders in there, but I don't want to have to play like a four two 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 or anything. Yeah. Um, because I wanted two strikers. Um. So yeah, I've got got him on the left. You've just completely summed everything up. Uh, and then on the right, uh, I think it was an easy one to choose in David Beckham. Yep, no, that's fair. He, yeah, just just what he's done throughout his career, became an absolute, become an absolute icon uh, yeah. in football, and and not just that in the celebrity world. Not that that has really any impact on uh, who I've chosen, but still, just an amazing player. And if I'm being completely honest, I reckon he could still be quite a few of the current England midfielders <laughs> yeah. into the squad. Yeah, quite possibly, quite possibly. He and obviously more of a on on the basis of his selection there, more for club than for country. Your your choice there. Um, I think it, it could be both really because he's had some really really memorable moments for both club and country. Yeah. Uh, one thing we have to take into account here is that anyone we pick for this all time England eleven that wasn't in that sixty six squad, um you'll sit here and say, well, they're not, or they didn't have the best, they didn't have the best career for country. Um, but if you just talk about some memorable moments, and um, mm-hmm. uh, I remember he actually scored um, an England goal, uh, literally like 
as I was born or some weird story like oh, that. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, which is weird to think. Yeah. Um, but but now he's in now he's in uh, the team. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've completely different again, which is good. Um, I I went uh, completely old school with my um choices for winger. Um, the first one which which might not be a surprise to people. Um, it's my right winger, which is Alan Ball. Uh, he obviously played in the 1966 World Cup final, 72 caps for England and was the youngest player in that 66 um, World Cup final team because uh, he was only 21. Um, and he, he proved that he was ready, ball of energy, if you pardon the pun there. And uh, then he assisted in the World Cup final on, I think, Jeff Hurst's third goal, I think. Um, and was obviously went on to, to captain England um, not too long after. Um, and then my left my left wing choice, uh, he should actually be a right winger, but you know in the modern game wingers swap sides, don't they? So I'm gonna I'm gonna yeah. throw, gonna throw that one in there. Although he probably would never have played left wing. Um, this one is my other choice for club as well as country, but I just think his career is. Um, is is a fantastic story. Um, I've gone for Stanley Matthews on the left wing. Um, played for England until he was forty two. Um, played for club well into I think he was fifty when he he was he certainly reached his fiftieth birthday and he was still playing. Um, absolute wizard of a midfielder. You know he was the he was the sort of um olden day Iniesta or you think of a player that just had the ball magnetized to their feet and you know nobody could tackle they just had com- total control over the ball Matthews was that player um it was a shame that he wasn't in the 66 squad I think he retired because he was born in in like 1915 or something so he he retired from England in I think like 57 or something so probably about 10 years too early um, but that's possibly a reason why he doesn't get enough credit as an England player because obviously England made their they really put the country in terms of football on the map in that in that sixty six World Cup final. But a player like Matthews, you can't really uh, overlook. I don't think. Playing till he was fifty, that is yeah, nice. yeah, something different, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean that that's the uh, epitome of looking after your yourself and your fitness, isn't it? When you when you're playing. Yeah, we talk um, about like. Buffon now is a goalkeeper who tends to have longer careers, mm. um, or defenders uh, like Chiellini tend to have longer careers. Yeah. But, but how old is Buffon now? Late thirties, maybe forty. Yeah, I'm sure he's. I think he's forty, forty-one. I think. Yeah. So to be playing as a, a midfielder or a winger into your fifties is just ridiculous. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, go on then. Two strikers up front. Two strikers, there's a lot of room for debate here, but my first one is Michael Owen. Okay. Um, just just another one based on... Actually, you could say both the England and club form, because that was one of the reasons he won the Ballon d'Or. Yeah. Um, the, the fact that he was able to rack up quite a few goals for England, uh, as well as, as, well as um, Liverpool in... Uh, I struggled to think there. Um, <laughs> in... 2000, 2001. Yeah. Um, and that that was really like, you could say the prime of his career to, well, Ballon d'Or winner, but, you know, he had a, quite a long career. But, yeah. uh, but I'd say that's the prime of his career when he really burst onto the scene. And um, if, if we're putting it freezing time uh, for players being in their absolute prime, then I think you'd struggle not to put him in, actually. Yeah, no, definitely. And who have you gone for as your other striker? 
Alongside him, I've gone for the Geordie all-time Premier League top scorer, Alan Shearer. Okay. Um, maybe maybe slightly biased because because uh, I'm up at New because I'm missing Newcastle <laughs> at the minute. Yeah. Um, but no, when you when you look at it and say all-time Premier League top scorer, uh, he actually cut his England career off short because he you know was suffering from an injury mm-hmm. and. He, he knew that he his body couldn't cope with playing for England and playing for club, um, yeah. and that was the, the decision he made. So he maybe let, gets less credit than he would have done otherwise as an England player. Yeah. But as an as a player in general, he's, uh, he's just fantastic. One of one of the best to grace the game, really. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, can't can't really disagree with with either of those. Um, Shearer, Shearer and Owen both did uh, come close for me. Um, even consider even without considering their club careers, which was what I tried to do. Um, they were probably third and fourth choice for me actually. Um, behind the two that I picked. Um, first choice I've gone for simply for the the um magnitude of of the moment that he provided for England. Um, is Sir Jeff Hurst, uh, three goals in the World Cup final. Actually didn't have that great, an Eng- that impressive an England career outside that 96 World Cup final. Uh, 66, well, I keep saying 96, I don't know why. 66 World Cup final. Um, three goals in a 4-2 win um, over West Germany. Good a reason as any for me. He was the first name on the team sheet simply because, you know, he provided such an iconic... Um, moment for uh for england which you know has hasn't been replicated since if england had had gone on and won you know four more world cups after that the importance and you know how how crucial a player jeff hurst was probably wouldn't be as significant now but the fact that you know england have only won the world cup once um and he was practically the man to to sort of hand that title to them he had to go in for me players or um, in, in all of these 1 to 11s that we have where just one moment really really gets them in the team and, yeah. you know despite he, he did have a good career and it, in general but having one moment like that and forever being immortalised as the man who you know took the Jules Rene home yeah that's as good a moment as any isn't it yeah I was just going to use the word that you just used there um, immortalised um, because that you know people People just remember that name simply for that moment, not necessarily the because as I say, you know, stats wise, um, his England career didn't he only he played less than fifty times for England, um, and scored fewer than thirty goals for them, um, but it was the fact that he scored three goals on the day that it mattered that makes him as as you say immortal. Um, my other strike uh, choice. I don't know about this one, but I did go for it. I backed it because I thought um, he had a he had a good career at England, not so good towards the end, but you'd expect that. And he still remains England's um, all-time top goalscorer. Uh, I went for Wayne Rooney. Uh, 53 goals in an England shirt, uh, 120 appearances, and also has the second most um, caps um, in, an England, in an England shirt, uh, just behind Peter Shilton, I think. Um, yeah. And also the, there is the argument about his, his club career as well. You know, that certainly helps. He had a fantastic career at Man United and 
what also a lot of people forget is that he went off to America to finish his career, um, you know, to go and earn some money. And then he got offered to come back to to English football, which, as we've said, you know, is very difficult on the body, especially when once you've gone over to you've had a mass, you know, a huge long career at Manchester United well, Everton, Manchester United coming back to Everton and doing better than he did when he was 17 years old, then going off to America and, uh, you know, to finish off his career, his body's starting to, you know, slow down and what have you. Then Derby County call and and he's on his way there. He, he's clearly, you know, say what you want about Wayne Rooney, but he's not never shy of, of a challenge in his career. You know, he's one of those few players that it's not over until the fat lady sings sort of thing. You know, everyone would have said, ah, his career's finished because he's, he's gone over to uh, DC United, but he's he's still going. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's managed to revive it. Yeah, you definitely. Know, um, he, you know, could end up in a managerial position because he's, um, he's actually having that sort of role now, isn't he? Yeah, definitely. Well, that, that that's part of, of the reason why he's at Derby County, obviously. But, I mean... The fact that he's, he he still gets on the uh, on the pitch and you know the, the top end of the championship is by no means a cop out you know by going to a team that are that are playoff challenges in the championship you know you're talking about future Premier League teams that he's going to play for at what thirty four thirty five or something like that um so yeah a fantastic player um, yeah right. he's impressive and uh, I can understand why you put him in definitely just uh. Personal preference wouldn't allow me. Yeah, no, that that's that's um that was the other difficult thing, obviously, because yeah, the career that he had isn't certainly the most uh, favourable for a Liverpool fan. But um he uh he scored too many too many good goals, both for club and country, for me to uh, leave him out. I think. Um, well, those are our two teams. We got through that amazingly quickly. Um, it was good to have a bit of a contrast there between uh the format of the way that we did it um that's um that's one we didn't expect to have contrast no definitely not definitely not i did actually think before we started recording i thought i wonder how uh which way you've done it because you you found yours quite easy didn't you whereas i struggle with a couple of players towards the end yeah a a lot of mine were just off the top of my head that's uh that's why i don't know if you it sounds like you did a bit more research than me well, it, it, it was, my full-back choices were probably the ones that gave me um, the most to think about. And also my, my second winger, I wanted Alan Ball in there, didn't really know about the other winger. And then my full-backs, I was, I was caught in a tussle between, obviously, Stuart Pearce and Ashley Cole. Um, and then with a the right-back, I really struggled because I really didn't want to put Gary Neville in there. But um, I ended up having to put him in simply because there's not really anybody else that, that comes close to him, really. Um, but there you go. Those are our two teams. Uh, feel free to agree or disagree with us. Um, we're going to be back this Saturday at 7pm as usual. Have a great week. Um, but until then, uh, we'll see you soon.